Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The year is 1980. Sydney's streets are filthy, running rampant with crime and corruption. Puberty blues is onto the cinemas, ice houses blaring on the stereo, it's humid and dangerous, and a young man has decided to join the police force to fight crime. That man, of course, is my dad. Loose Units, the podcast, was created to tell the cases that wouldn't fit into my first book, Loose Units. But Loose Units was a series of fantastical tales that I wrote based on the real crimes my dad solved on the force back in the early 80s. So this season, dad and I are finally going to go back, back, back to the year 1980, and each week we'll be going chapter by chapter through Loose Units, the book, and Dad will tell us the story behind my version of events. It'll be thrilling, revelatory, and as always, very, very loose. Welcome to Loose Units Origins. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins. This is the podcast where I, Paul Verhoeven, sit down with my dad, John Verhoeven, who used to be a cop, and we're going through my book about him week by week and getting the story behind the story and just figuring out what it was like to be a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And speaking of Sydney, Dad, um, Sydney's kind of shit the bed a little bit. Things aren't great over there right now. Are you and mum doing okay? As everyone knows, normally on a Tuesday morning... We talk about the book, which we're going to do, chapter nine, yes. I believe. Yep. Get in, Lizard, we're going shopping, it's called. Yeah, a magnificent chapter, Thank as you. are all your chapters. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how are things going? Well, uh? this is the first podcast yep. I've ever done mm-hmm. where next to the computer is a magnificent silver can with the letters A-S-A-H-I in black emblazoned on the front of it. Now, is that why off mic before we started, you belched fairly emphatically? Correct. Yep. So, you're drinking is what you're saying. Well, I'm halfway through a nice Japanese beer. I'll tell you what, Dad. I have a bottle of sake um, right next to me. Great. Uh, in a brown bag. It's. Um, I have this importer that sends me this sake. Anyway, I'm, look, this episode, I think, warrants a drink. Everyone, mm. if you're playing at home, provided, of course, you're in a safe environment and you do drink, feel free to join us. Yep. Um, we are going to have... A small beverage during the recording session. Yeah, so if I can just fill the listeners in on things at this end in Sydney. Please, yes, yes. We were coming Mm -hmm. down to visit you and Tegan for the first time in, let me think, hmm, a year? Yeah, we haven't seen Um, you in a year. Haven't seen you in a year. We booked the tickets a long time ago Mm -hmm. with uh, Qantas. It was going to be four nights staying around the corner from Tegan and I. Uh, At a wonderful B&B. Yeah. Had, in, had amazing presents. Mm. Well, I say had. We still have them. But they're out of reach at this point. Yep. And then yep. your sister, mm-hmm. funnily enough, 
our daughter and who's in Switzerland, yeah. which is um, having 5,000 cases a day. That's not cases of beer. That's cases of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. She sent a massive Christmas present for Christina, myself, and you and Tegan. She's, it cost her a shitload. It cost her about 80 euro yeah. for four and a half kilos of Swiss treats, mm-hmm. mainly sweet treats. She sent it priority post more than three weeks ago. Uh, we believe it hasn't arrived yet. Now, we were going to be opening that, the four of us, on Christmas morning. And then things turned to shit in Sydney, as everyone knows, probably everyone in the world knows, um, yeah. on the northern beaches. And fortuitously, I actually hadn't been on the beaches um, because I've got a few mates that I run with and they were doing other things and I just wasn't going over there weirdly. Mm. And um, as the fate of whatever um, <laughs> would have it, it turned into a, uh, a shitstorm. It did. Yeah, um, it really did. And then um, the Premier of Victoria, mm-hmm. and I feel as though I, he and I are sort of connected because I did play him, not that he'd be aware of that. <laughs> But I played him in a recent radio play. Called Red Hot Australian Christmas. You did. That's you right. did a good job. Yep. So um, I thought there was a bit of uh, you know, a bit of a connection there. Yeah. And he said that if you weren't from the Northern Beaches, you could still come to Melbourne. Yeah. So we were very excited. Christine and I went and got tested for COVID-19. Um, and everyone, the results came back yesterday, mm. both negative yeah. So we thought we'd preempt everything. We 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 got our permits to Victoria. Everything was absolutely go. And then yesterday morning, um, there was a presser in which Dan Andrews basically said, "Look, uh, because of you guys and your kind of lack of mandate for masks and everything being a bit kind of woolly, uh, we just can't risk it. After all, we spent you know eight nine months in lockdown for this. We can't have." We can't have it ruined at this stage because things the ship just isn't tight enough over there. Which, like, I cannot express how much this sucks. But I'm sitting here going, you know what? If mum and dad got like, if you guys got sick because of this, um, or if worst case, because I keep thinking about the selfish pricks who dragged this disease around the northern beaches. Right? Didn't know they were doing it, obviously, but did it because they wanted a night out. They didn't. They didn't think about other people, and that's what they wanted to do. And I kept thinking. What if, in spite of all the precautions, you guys who were obviously not sick came down, but somehow dragged it down, and then people online were, you know, kind of accusing you guys of ruining Christmas? That would really upset us. Um, mm, yeah. I, I think it's it, it's dreadful, but there are people literally dying, and so no, we're just I agree, kind of, Paul. But we had no. our Christmas just <clears throat> just shat on, and mm. you know, it's disappointing. Um, yeah. But I don't think that it's fair to put Melburnians and Victorians into that horrendous situation again. And they really showed the world what can be done. And I feel that there are many, many more um, people in situations far, far worse than ours. That's right. So, and yeah. you've got to get things into perspective. There are people in, um, in uh, refugee camps where some of the people are experiencing the 10th winter in these horrendous camps. Yeah. So although one of my mantras with 
having been in emergency services is not to say to people who've just lost a leg, not to say to them, but you've still got the other one. You don't say stuff like that. I know my parents used to say, oh, but, you know, think about my father used to famously say, famously in our family, um, he would say, but think of the people in Biafra starving. That was one of his catch cries. Didn't mean a lot to me at the time. Um, But it's not necessarily so good to compare or or say look you 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 you're pretty badly done by but there are people worse off but the reality is of course that's the truth there are people far far worse off and um you know i think that this is going to be a christmas christmas where a lot of people are going to sit down and and contemplate lots of things i mean this year 2020 and I'm probably the millionth person to say this has been quite extraordinary. It's on been so a, many levels. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really weird, a really weird year because I mean, lots of good things have happened, lots of terrible things have happened. COVID is kicking everyone around. The whole reason we started this second weekly podcast that we do every Friday called Loose Ends was to keep people company during the lockdown. And I thought we were done with COVID because that's the way the human brain works. You know, you give people hope, and they. St- it's just so easy to forget the thing that just happened. And because in Melbourne, we've had zero cases for over 40 days now. I mean, the problem is, Dad, of course, I was chatting with a friend of mine from um, from from England this morning, my friend Nick, and he was basically saying, uh, there's this new strain that is 70% more transmissible, right? Hmm. And it's a mutant strain and it's in England, to which you might go, okay, cool. Well, at least it's not here. Yeah, except this morning, Gladys announced that several people with that strain potentially have come into New South Wales. So hmm. locking I didn't, this- I didn't, Yeah, I didn't hear that. But Yeah, it's, it's like like the, the- Whilst it's tempting to kind of kick up a stink and God, Dad, I can't- Like I could have boiled things with my mind yesterday. I was so angry. But the fact is that now I'm sitting here going, yeah, but if someone died because I- didn't get what I wanted and I I wanted it. That's just an insane reason for anyone to get hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, we, we hope everyone's doing okay. We hope you're safe. Feel free to hop onto our Facebook page and, you know, have a chat with us, send us some questions. We're going to keep doing episodes uh, throughout the holidays, obviously. Uh, we're going to keep doing two a week throughout the holidays. We're not going to stop. We want you guys to have as much content as possible. We want to keep you company as much as possible. We will be doing some sort of pre-Christmassy loose ends episode at the tail end of this week. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but it will probably feature more than just dad and I in terms of its lineup, which should be exciting. Hmm. Maybe um, a uh, maybe a pedophile Santa story. Are you serious? Or, well, well, I'm sure I can dig one up. Are you saying you have a pedophile Santa story? Mm, let's just wait till... Uh... Till Friday. I mean, generally speaking, when people say, I'm feeling a bit depressed this Christmas, what do you have for us, lads? And you say, hey, (laughs) would a pedophile Santa story cheer you up? My answer is not. Yeah, but I mean, let's, let's, let's look at the facts, Paul. Uh If you want to, if you have, if you are predisposed to playing with uh, kitties, there are certain avenues um, and I'm going to do the, the inverted commas. I'm doing it. No one can see me doing the it. Rabbit, uh, the rabbit fingers, yeah. I'm doing the rabbit fingers. Actually, I'm not even doing them. I'm just doing them in my mind uh-huh. because I don't have to do them because no one can see me. Mm-hmm. But if you are predisposed to that sort of thing, there are things that you can do. There are organizations you can join which will facilitate you being able to do that. Um, and I know that whole thing's creepy. 
but, and yeah, I know it's Christmas, but kids don't listen to this, do they? Well, they yes, shouldn't they, be. They probably do. In fact, I know a few. I mean, you know, a few teenagers do. Excellent. Well, hopefully um, they've moved on from Father. I Christmas. have. I have something I wanted to also put out there, and that is that Tegan, uh, who all of you should know, she produces the show. She is my wife. She's an incredible writer. She wrote and directed Red Hot Australian Christmas. She's amazing. She got a new job during lockdown. And for, you know, seven months, she was doing Zoom calls with all these people she was working with. And she was just sort of plotting through and kind of, you know, making friends online on on Zoom chats. Finally, the work Christmas party happened. And for the first time in eight, nine, ten months, she bought a new dress, got her hair blow waved once the hairdressers were open and thought, fuck it, Christmas party. I get to go to the work Christmas party. As she's coming down in full view of everybody, a few steps shy of the bottom, she falls and breaks her hand. Like immediately gets taken to the hospital. Uh, this morning she went into surgery. It was pretty invasive and pretty intense. She's in a pretty bad way. And I guess what I'm saying is, um, there's always someone having a worse Christmas than you. Um, whether it's a broken hand or you know a family across the ocean or you know relatives you can't see as they're dying and you can't get into intensive care because they're you know because of lockdown i mean it's just everyone's having really fucked years and i just wanted to say to everybody we will try and keep your spirits up to that end um i'm gonna put a pin in the pedophile santa uh thing please everyone send your best wishes to my amazing wife tegan and because she just she's having a really hard time and she's incredible and dad i think it's about time to to plow on to the chapter this week on on loose units if that's okay great brilliant okay this is chapter nine get in loser we're going shopping after a week or so of being the third wheel jammed in the back of the falcon like a guest of dun and beater john was informed that it was his turn to drive he was incredibly nervous the bar had been set extremely high by dun who drove with almost mechanical speed and precision and to make matters worse over the past week John had learned that Beta had all the good humor on the roads of a freshly divorced driving instructor. Dad, we've talked about Len Beta as a person a little bit. We didn't really delve into his past, but I'd love to talk to you this week about, um, you know, the thing that gets introduced in this chapter, and that is that Len Beta was, he was a traffic cop. Now, what is the colloquial term that was used to describe traffic cops back in the 80s? Well, we're, if we're referring to Highway Patrol, mm-hmm. they were known as cockroaches. Okay. And um, that's known as cockroaches within the New South Wales Police Force. Interesting. By by general duties police and detectives. So if you can imagine um, at one end of the spectrum, you've got general duties. And at the other end, you've got detectives at, that sort of diametrically opposed to each other. And somewhere in the middle, you had the Highway Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a breed unto themselves. I mean, you need high patrol. There's no doubt about that. But most people that have had encounters with the highway patrol, and I'm now going to say highway patrol across Australia, yeah, um, probably have had very similar experiences. However, there may be. Highway Patrol officers, male and female, that listen to our podcast. So I'm not going to tar that group all with the same brush. That's not fair. You know, that's like saying that all members of the riot squad are thugs. 
Obviously, they're not. However, in any organization, particularly one so varied and having so many different sections within or sort of under the umbrella of the police force, yeah, you are going to attract different personality types to different sections within the job. Now, if you want to go out all day and book people for speeding, etc., then the highway patrol is made for you. But in fairness, let's think about all the drivers on the roads. How many times have us drivers seen terrible things happening on the road and wished there was a highway patrol nearby? Yeah. And there never is. So many things go unnoticed. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a believer, and this might sound a little bit contradictory to what I'm saying, but I am a firm believer in unmarked police cars. Explain why. Because if, I mean, a classic example, listeners, in Sydney, when you go from the city across the Anzac Bridge to Balmain, it's a 60-kilometre zone. Mm -hmm. And intermittently, the Highway Patrol have a radar set up just above the fish markets. And pretty well every single person that travels that road knows that the Highway Patrol could be there. So people speed, they come round the corner, they know the Highway Patrol may or may not be there. So everybody slows down to 60. I'm doing 60. The weird thing about me and my ute is that I keep doing 60 and everyone then puts the foot down and it's like a race over that bridge. And I think to myself, why can't we have unmarked highway patrol cars just cruising back and forth on that bridge all the time? So I feel that if you don't speed, you have nothing to worry about. But there are rat bags on the road and some rat bags cause fatalities and i think that i don't have a problem with those people being um you know sort of having the book thrown at them yeah i think i think unmarked cars i mean there are a few unmarked highway patrol cars in sydney one of them is a station wagon um who hasn't been um in the sort of the overtaking lane on a major freeway and you look in the rear vision mirror and there's a a semi-trailer um you know meters from the back of your car yeah. Now, they are professional drivers, I grant you that. However, if something does happen and you have to stop suddenly, there's no way they're going to be able to stop in time. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, look, there are things we all see on the road that make us feel that we do need the Highway Patrol. Um, I mean, you're talking about the ideal version of Highway Patrol who kind of have a barometer, but what kind of a guy was Len in terms of his approach to his job? Because he wasn't... He wasn't Highway Patrol when you were with him, but I think one thing that I learned from you is that he, he seemed to drag across the pettiness of the worst of Highway Patrol into regular police work. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Highway Patrol, um, I mean, just their uniform, they wore leather peaked caps, they wore leggings, they wore jodhpurs. Do you mean leggings? No, no, leggings. Leggings? Like, yeah, they're sort of like a like a leather because um, you sometimes I mean you referred to a prison knife as a shim last week mm. and after a week's worth of research it turns out that's not a word well it's yeah. a shiv <laughs> or a shank okay okay but 
I, I, I think, think I'm probably... quite sure they're called leggings. No, I think uh. I, let me check. My, let me check my memo. Um, <laughs> no, definitely leggings. <laughs> Paul, they're these dirty, great big leather things that look. How do you spell leggings? Oh, fuck. That sounds like an elf's name. Paul. Leggings. Look, the thing is that they look like. I'll tell you what they look like. Um, stormtroopers. Uh huh. And they you look mean, the part. You mean. Uh, Not from Star Wars, the, the, the other Nazi stormtroopers. Yeah. Nazi stormtroopers. Okay. Um, so, so of course, we all know who designed um, the uniforms of the Wolf and SS, don't we? Uh, yeah, it was Gorman. No, I'm kidding. It was Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss. <laughs> Paul. Gorman designed the uniform. Why are you laughing? Well, there'd just be a lot of floral prints throughout the, 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 the Reich. Okay? Hugo Boss designed there, and it's a sharp uniform. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, look, so talk me through no no let's look, talk me through talk me through Len Beaters because he taught you this incredible thing which I really found interesting about the typical demographic of oh, fascinating. speed. So interesting. Walk us through that. Well, will. this is probably gonna be slightly controversial. And as everyone knows on this podcast, we're never controversial. Never. But Oh god, I almost said his real name then. <laughs> I've really gotta be so because I can I've visualize actually, him so well. Yeah, but I've not I've not heard his real name in so long that I've kind of forgotten it. Mm. So okay, don't worry well, about me. Yeah. My buddy, Len Beta, um, he had this thing. And and anyway, look, I'll just run run everyone by it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He was of the opinion that it wasn't the young drivers that were the ratbags on the road that were responsible for most motor vehicle accidents. 
and his views were very controversial. And if he was to espouse those views today, they would be equally controversial. But one night in despair, and he felt, you know, that his buddy, um, me, in my very, very early 20s, he, he felt that he might be able to mould me and convince me. So what we did, we went into one of the filing cabinets and he reached in with his sort of simian half-evolved fist that was covered in black hair and he grabbed a pile of what were called P4s. They were like traffic accident reports and they were the carbon copies that were filed at the station. He grabbed at least a hundred of them and he began to rifle through them and he said now I want you John to look very carefully and see the average age of the offending drivers at all of the motor vehicle accidents that occur in North Sydney and of course you can easily replicate North Sydney across the entire Sydney metropolitan area and a statistic in front of my very eyes began to reveal itself And that was that the average age of drivers involved in motor vehicle accidents in our division, and this is over a 24-hour period, um, seven days a week, month by month, the vast majority of the drivers, the offending drivers that were issued an infringement notice or went to court, or in worst-case scenarios were involved in fatalities, were well over 50, a lot of them in their 60s, some of them in their 70s and 80s. And then there were very, very few, particularly few, and a point he made very sort of, um, he punctuated very, very clearly to me, was that there are very few offending drivers on their P-plates and in their late teens and early 20s. So why do, you, why do you think it is that people assume that young people are going to drive so badly and why is it the police tend to pull over P-platers so much? Well, that's a very good question. If you actually drive as, um, and I'm putting this out to all the drivers of which you are not, Paul, but you are <laughs> relatively observant for someone that drives in the passenger seat. Okay. But um, I have a little plastic wheel so I can feel like I'm yeah, in control. Yeah, that's nice. But if you go out with an open mind mm-hmm. and have a look at the types of um, drivers that commit offences on the road. I let, let's take something basic like changing lanes without an indicator, changing lanes just for fun of it, changing across two, three, four lanes in one go, um, breaking at the last second. I mean, have a look at those drivers and try and get a sense of the types of drivers they are. And and one of the worst things is going way way too slow on a freeway in the overtaking lane, which is an offence. Um, it's almost as though people are in their own little world and some of them become so oblivious that they actually feel that they're kind of, that no one can see them. They're just, and a classic example of that, of course, is at, at a set of traffic lights. Um, you look across to your left or right and you see someone with their finger sort of two digits up their, up their nose. Right. And you think, do they know people are actually looking at them, picking their nose? And But people, once they get into their little car and wind up the windows, they're in this in sort of this cocooned world. But a lot of drivers that commit offences are not necessarily 
very young. And the thing that young people have in their favour, undeniably so, that is not discussed, is their reaction time is going to be generally far superior to someone, for example, in their 70s and 80s. We used to pull over people in their 70s and people are going to go, hang on a sec, that's a bit a bit, bit mean. Yeah. But we would pull over cars, drivers that were in their uh, 60s and 70s and 80s and sometimes they were so bad at driving that we would actually go back to the station and prepare a report, submit it to the RTA, the Roads and Traffic Authority, yeah. for that person to show good reason why they should be able to drive a motor vehicle on the roads in New South Wales. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty full on. But um, he was at pains to explain to me, and he also felt that young people um, could afford to pay the, uh, the exorbitant insurance. So it's an interesting thing, and I, I wouldn't mind getting a bit of feedback about it. Yeah, it's interesting because in Tegan and I used to live, um, we used to rent a little place in Turak, and we found that the we almost got hit regularly at this intersection by very old, very wealthy people driving very big cars who didn't, you know, like arguably, sh- like could they could barely see over the wheel. It was insane how, you know, wizened these people were. And I know obviously that's, that area just seemed, we've never felt as in danger as pedestrians mm. as we did in that suburb. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if people have any- It's always good for a driver to be able to actually see over the uh, the wheel. Oh yeah, of course. And to see what's in front. That That's a good- that's a good thing in driving to actually be able to see outside the windscreen in front of you. Um, yeah, look, it's but you don't want to generalise either. You don't want to sort of. Although I must be be quite honest in saying that occasionally when I see certain things happening, I mean one of the major problems on the roads, and everyone will agree with this, are the mobile phones. They are a real problem. And then you've got to say to yourself, at what point do I beep? Because if you beep. Um, a member of the underworld, he's just as likely to grab an iron bar, come out and beat the shit out of you. Yeah, absolutely. Then hop back in his car and go. One of the advantages of people on mobile phones, particularly at the at the when you're sort of next to them at a set of lights and you want to change lanes, the good thing is that they stay, you move on, you can then move across into their lane. Cause they're, and you look in the rear vision mirror and they're still there. Mm. They haven't moved. I think it's selfish in a way, particularly if you're at the front of the lights, at the very first cab off the rank, you have a, a real onus to, to get your ass into gear quick smart. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just struggle with the driving thing. And there's something I'm sure people may have already noticed. And that is that, especially in Victoria, after so many months of people not driving, you know, not, not being able to or not needing to drive, Everyone's driving has gotten demonstrably worse. So it's either young tradies driving super aggressively and fast because, you know, they get up really early and they have long, hard jobs and they haven't had to actually deal with navigating traffic. So they're just hooning around like they own the place, which for a while they did. It's understandable. And then on the other hand, you've got people who are really skittish. So we were on the freeway and we saw a police officer and we're all everyone's driving the speed limit. And then everyone instinctively just went down 20K. And we were in a hurry and the entire road just slowed to a standstill because everyone is so unused to those little beats that you have to be able to observe on the road. Um, Did you find with Len that maybe he was a little bit of a bully with people when he took, um, you know, when he took tickets? Did he kind of enjoy it? Oh, he loved, he loved writing tickets. 
yeah, that was his thing. But that's, you know, that was his background. I mean, if he had have been in plain clothes and come into general duties and then been my buddy, he would have, mm. he would have looked at things very, very differently. And the good thing is, Paul, that he was my buddy for three weeks. And then I guess in the book we're about to go into my second buddy who was utterly and totally different. We're talking from opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and he taught me a different type of policing. So, um, you know, there were police that didn't think the traffic thing was that that important. But I guess it depends on what's in your DNA, where you come from, what you've seen. Um, but I'm really, really pleased that I that I got to work with um, Len. And then, of course, later on in um, in the book, we, we get to talk about him when I was kind of more, not his equal, but I was, you know, I'd command, I had respect mm-hmm. and I was um, a senior guy on the car and and then how, how things changed uh, in relation to him some of the some of the terrible things that he got involved in and he does have a kind of dark side yeah. dark dark the only other thing in this chapter that really gets raised that I find interesting is the is kind of the returning specter of the fact that you really enjoyed eating Maccas and a lot of cops did at that point and we know about the discount that you guys would get uh, the staff discount but I mean, could you just tell us again what was your meal of choice? Because in this chapter, it's a strawberry thick shake. Is that accurate? Mm. Yeah, I love strawberry thick shakes, and I okay. loved um, the fillet of fish. Mm. Bearing in mind, we're, that company do not advertise on our podcast. You mean McDonald's? Yeah. No. But the reason you always see police at McDonald's is that on their cash register... At least when I was in the job, they had a little button that said police promo. Yeah. So now, yeah, it w- you'd get 50% yeah. discount. What if they mistook that for the button that gets pressed when there's a robbery? And um, they- <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be good because you'd already be there, standing there. Yeah. And you'd realize that it wasn't a robbery and then you'd just continue on with your order. Well, you give the robbers a discount. Mm. Although I'm ashamed to say, listeners, mm. that I did know police that used to put their police uniform on, on their days off, and go there with 20 ratbag children for a Christmas or birthday party and demand half price. Now, that's pretty bad. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Mm, but that's kind of... But there are people that do things like that, and they, of course, give everyone a bad name. Can but, I ask... Yep. Can I ask a question? Hmm. Uh, when was the last time you ate McDonald's? Well, honestly... Um, I'm talking like a single bite qualifies. Yep. I would say I find it very, very difficult to recall. So mm-hmm. I would say probably within the last five years. Really? Um, and I'm not going to talk about the pros and cons of McDonald's. Um, suffice to say that they have have um, have filmed and photographed McDonald's. I think in Iceland they did a very famous, there's a very famous case of a um, cheeseburger that was somehow forgotten about for about 10 years and they, they resurrected it, they looked at it and it looked exactly the same. Um, well, that's, that's Botox for you. Do mm. you, you, you recall in the film um, The Fifth Element when... 
the police cars, okay, yes, they were jet jet propelled and they could float and hover and all sorts of exciting things. There's a very, very wonderful scene at the beginning of that film where two highway patrol officers have actually just pulled up at a futuristic McDonald's and they've got their thick shakes, the chips, the fries, the, the you know, the hamburgers, and all of a sudden there's a high-speed pursuit. Guaranteed. If we pulled into the Cremorne McDonald's on an afternoon or night shift and we got all our gear, we got it in the car, we're chilling, you'd get an urgent job. Particularly if it was around about four or five o'clock, it'd be an armed robbery. And of course, you then had to get involved in a high-speed pursuit to get to the to get you know lights, siren, and invariably the contents are liquid and chips and burgers at high speed in a car find it very difficult to remain sort of intact. And I was with my uh, my buddy and he said to me, his phrase was hit it, which means foot to the floor. He would control the lights and siren. Off we go down military road. And my thick shake, I squeezed hard and, it, and the lid popped. And we had strawberry thick shake flying around the cabin of our police car. Mm-hmm. We had chips from our solder breakfast. They were on the floor. Chips found their way into all the crevices. And the burgers, I, put, I remember I put all our burgers underneath the, the, um, the armrest. And as I was driving, I remember tensing up and pressing down on the armrest. So by the time we managed to relocate and find our burgers they were at least one-tenth the thickness of the original burgers. And the patties had actually pressed themselves out and it was just it was an abomination. And my dear um, buddy was singularly unimpressed. And then when we got back to North Sydney Police Station, he sort of gave me a dirty look and said, clean the car up. And I was there out on the Pacific Highway where we parked the cars and the the... Car smelt like a um, a candy store, primarily strawberry, and uh, it was it was bad on 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 many levels. And we didn't have vinyl seats back then. We actually had material like cloth seats, like wool, mm. and uh, you know the chips that- and the and the burger and the, and the, and the, the tomato sauce and, and the the gra- the ground up onions and the thick shake. It all just turned into a into a, a mass of you know stuff, and uh, it was it was pretty pretty bad. Well, that's got me in the mood for Christmas dinner, which is almost here. Actually, it's almost Christmas, and now I'm trying to. Th- I cannot have burgers for Christmas now. Uh, thanks so much for walking us through that sort of walking us through that chapter, Dad. Um, Next week, we're looking at chapter 10, which is called Broken Toes, which involves Dad standing up to some tow truck drivers in a way that is borderline heroic and very cinematic. So you're really going to love that one. And up the tail end of this week, we are going to be giving you a special episode where we try and keep you company uh, just before Christmas. So we hope you're doing well. Uh, Be good to each other. Be safe. Um, If you want to talk about... Any kind of Christmas stuff or COVID stuff, or if you just want to talk to me about the finale to The Mandalorian Season 2, then you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash loose units. Hope you're all doing well. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the end of the week. 
for another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.